welcome back, dear listeners, to yet another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casper Cloud, and with me this week is MVD to discuss all things relating to footy. MVD, good to have you back. How have you been? I'm doing very well, thanks, Casper, and uh, things are definitely uh, looking up. I suppose footy's back and everyone's enjoying themselves in so many different ways. Country footy back as well. Uh, exciting to see what happens around the region and around the state. Absolutely. Football is just a beautiful thing. It is the heart and soul of not only Victoria, but about 95% of Australia. Can I just say, unless you're a uh, North Melbourne supporter at the moment, because they're copping it left, right and centre, and I can't help but yeah. jump on at times. Yeah, look, look, I'm definitely guilty of that. But we'll get on to North Melbourne in a second. First, part one of this episode, we will discuss the AFLW because it's grand final week, dear listener. That's right. The AFLW grand final is around. And once again, the Crows are there. They're gunning for their third AFLW flag, considering that there's only been four, four seasons before this one, three of them in which a premier has actually been crowned. To three. go for your third flag is an incredible effort, and this team is an absolute juggernaut, versus what I think has been the best team, the second best team in the competition in that time, Brisbane. Unlikely to lose the 2017 grand final, only by a goal. Unlikely to lose the 2018 grand final, only by a goal. 2019, they were raided by uh, by interstate clubs, lost a lot of players, but came back in 2020, made it to the semi, uh, made it to the semi-finals, lost to Carlton, and now back in the grand final. Can the Lions win their first AFLW flag, or will be the Crows yet again? We'll discuss for both teams, what they need to do to win, and then we'll give our prediction, who's going to win by how much and why. And we do, I'll start with you. Let's start with the home team, the Adelaide Crows. What do they need to do in order to win that third flag? Well, it wouldn't be a, a grand final week without controversy, and controversy is besieged upon the uh, Adelaide side at this point in time. Captain Chelsea Randall went out concussed out of last week's game. Uh, so there was talk about whether or not she could try and play, but the concussion protocols are that she needs to spend 12 days off the game, off the field. And to be perfect, and she to grassroots uh, grassroots football because I think that's a fantastic one. She's seeing the bigger picture um, and pretty exciting for that case in that respect as well. So they're going to have to find a way to uh, replace her. They've replaced her with a captaincy and to be perfectly honest, I'm pretty stoked about this because the person that is replacing her is Angela Foley and she is a player from Shepparton. Uh, so up my way. So there's a fair bit uh, in the media at the moment in regards to how Angela's going to go and she does uh, in regards to that. So we're looking forward for that one in that respect. So uh, I think uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what they have to do. I think that uh, obviously they need to kick more more than what Brisbane do. That's uh, an easy way to <laughs> easy way to say. Um, but I think if they get They've got the players to do it, definitely. Erin uh, Phillips is a superstar that we see time and time again. She's one, uh, two-time AFLW best and fairest. Uh, she's just a cut above in, in so many different areas. Um, 
So I think they're going to have to, they're going to play well no matter what. Adelaide definitely will go into the game as favourites, I believe. Um, but I think if Brisbane were to try and do, uh, if they're going to try and win their first one, which would be nice to see, um, I think they're going to have to shut down Aaron Phillips pretty comfortably uh, in that respect and shut it down quite hard. Yep, I agree with that, MPD. By the way, dear listener, if you're listening to this and there's audio issues, I must explain I'm having severe Wi-Fi connection problems, and so I'm sorry about that. Uh, MVD may cut out, I may cut out, we may both cut out. You may listen to this and there may be periods of absolutely nothing. Um, but do you know what? Consider that a moment for reflection. Let's just all reflect. If you can't hear anything, it'll be a moment for self-reflection, okay? Uh, goodness gracious me. Um, and if anybody's listening to this on Vodafone, I hate you. Moving on. Right. Um, <laughs> I totally agree with you about Brisbane. Brisbane, last night that they played the Crows, Adelaide won by a couple of goals. Erin Phillips kicked four on that day. She tore the Lions to shred. It was, it was, basically was the difference in the end. Um, and she, oh, just some of her individual efforts. I remember watching that game from my hotel quarantine room in Sydney, just absolutely in awe of how she dragged the pros over the line. It was oh, just simply amazing and the Lions had no answer for it. So I definitely agree with you that Brisbane have to control her. Another thing that Brisbane have to worry about are the mental demons. You know, they still have players playing on their list from that 2017 decider against the Crows. So players play on their list from the 2018 decider against the Dogs. Now, that must be weighing on their minds. The fact that they have been so close so close to the top twice before and now they're getting a third opportunity and those voices are going to start going they're going to start building a lot of pressure you know third time's the charm can they finally do it then finally break the duck will they get revenge against the crows they're going to push all that out of their mind and just play footy if they can get all that mental mental talk out of their head all that pressure out of their head then they're a good chance on saturday as for the Crows, it's interesting. In their two losses against Melbourne and Fremantle this year, they got comfortably beaten. And they got comfortably beaten because they were second to the ball, they were second to the contest. And they were just comfortably smashed all around the ground. They were just second to the ball. There's no grunt in their play. And Adelaide's a team that you look at them play and they fight hard, obviously, two flags in four years but when they when they win the difference between when they win and when they lose is stark and it's all about effort for the crows and it's not to say that they don't put effort into their losses but their effort is just so much greater when they win so to bring effort bring intensity and bring the tenacity that they've been well known for since the competition started back in 2017 no doubt that the Crows can win yet another AFLW Premiership, even without their captain, Chelsea Randall. Thoughts go out to her. Hope that she recovers well. Speaking of Chelsea Randall, incredible. She was talking on local radio and she mentioned how she thought that she should go out of the game because it sends a message to younger footballers coming up that concussions are important and they are mm. important injuries to look after. And so great message for her to send and a very important one concussions are very important and something that you need to look after if you got a concussion um so full kudos to her for that mvd who wins and by how much and why oh, i'm looking through it 
it's can I before I get onto that tip, I just want to commend the AFL for giving it free, uh, giving it some air, like free air to actually have uh, an AFLW grand final with no AFL men's matches being played around it. I think that's fantastic to see, and congratulations to them in regards to that uh, for making that call. The Stats all say, I reckon Adelaide's going to win. The only stats that Brisbane are averaging more of than, or getting better than for Adelaide, are marked their 43.4 marks to 41.2 and tackles 61 to 57. So uh, that's going to, they're the only two stats that Brisbane are leading Adelaide in, in the regards to it. Goals, they're looking at six goals, eight to six, one Adelaide versus Mm. Brisbane. So if that's the case, Adelaide win by seven points. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We could, we could go along that if we, we could go with that one if we wanted to. Uh, I want. I'd love to see Brisbane win it, but I I think Adelaide will, and we'll get to see Shepparton's very own Angela Foley holding up the cup at the end of the uh, at the end of the game. That'd be absolutely massive for her. Um, I'll say this. I I think the Crows are going to win. Um, since the finals series started, I felt that the Crows were going to win. And oh, during their prelim against Melbourne, they were awesome. And yes, I know Melbourne wasted a lot of opportunities kicking one nine, but the Crows were just incredible. The pressure that they put the Demons players under was just fantastic. You compare that to Brisbane, and look, don't get me wrong, Brisbane, great win, especially after conceding the first two goals of the game to Collingwood, but they only won by two points. And I always think that whenever a team wins by six points or less, that they're always very lucky. So the Lions were very lucky not to lose to Collingwood. Whereas Adelaide won comfortably. Maybe should have won by more. Because of all those reasons, and because Adelaide has Aaron Phillips, who is far and away the best player in the competition, which is saying a lot, I think the Crows are going to win. I'm tipping a close one. It'll be another tight one. Adelaide by 10 points. Should be an awesome Awesome, awesome grand final. Part two of the episode, dear. And you'll get and, and you'll get to watch it before you go go on there, Casper. You will get to watch it, I believe, on aren't they? On what? Sorry, you cut out for you cut out there. Channel seven will be showing it live. There you go. There you go. Dear listener, you want to watch AFLW Grand Final? Check it out on Channel 7. Um, on to part two of the episode. Review of the round four of the men's AFL season. We'll discuss our top two highlights, top two lowlights. MVD, how about you start us off with? What is your? What are your top two highlights of round four? The highlights were, I suppose you could say, the, in some respects, the upsets that we saw um, and and three quarters of the North Melbourne Adelaide game. Um, can I go with that? Uh, I'll, yeah, I think they were probably the highlights for mine. Um, to see Sydney get over the top, sorry, mate, but to see Sydney get over the top of Essendon by three points was a pretty good game in the end last Thursday night. Uh, Port Adelaide beating Richmond by two, which... I mean, yes, it was obviously Adelaide, but they still got there. But the big one, I think, was the Giants over Collingwood, and it's really put the spotlight on the uh, on the Maggies at, at this point in time. So, um, congratulations to those sides for getting uh, the upsets done there. Three quarter, I say three quarters of the North Melbourne Adelaide match because 
after 130, was it 130 points the week before on Good Friday for North Melbourne? They got smacked by. Um, to be actually leading at three-quarter time, I think uh, North Melbourne supporters would have been going, hang on, what's going on here? Um, and their players obviously went, hang on, what's going on here? Because they didn't, well, they kicked one goal one in the last quarter to uh, eight goals, eight goals four. So um, pretty comfortable win in the end by Adelaide. But I think they, they North Melbourne, are showing their supporters they are there and thereabouts. So um, keep up the good work there by, by the North guys. Yep, I agree with that one. I remember checking the scores at three-quarter time with the Kangaroos-Crows game. I thought... Hang on a second. That, that, that doesn't seem right. This was this game was supposed to be a comfortable lead for the Crows. And the Crows seem to remember that. Eight goals in the last quarter. Goodness. Um, I'll say this. My top two highlights. Number one, St. Kilda. Midway through the third quarter, 33 points down. I thought, yikes. Yikes with a capital Y. This is getting very ugly indeed. And I thought, the Saints will be lucky to get within a couple of goals of the Eagles. Well, what a turnaround. Goodness gracious me, a 53-point turnaround by the Saints. Backs against the wall after a demoralizing loss against the Bombers. They come out midway through that third quarter. It wasn't even like they got a chance to get to three-quarter time to recoup. They had to do it in the middle of the quarter. Full kudos to their leaders, Jack Steele. It might be the best captain in the league. He's so good, Jack Steele. Easily one of my favorite players at the Saints and one of my favorite players in general. Um, and they saved their season because if they were to lose that game, if they did lose that game, they had Richmond coming up this week, Port Adelaide coming up the week after that. And you were looking at this picture and you were thinking, wow, the Saints are going to have to <laughs> have a pretty pretty big shuffle to dig them out of the to dig themselves out of the hole that they are currently getting themselves into. And so full kudos to the Saints for, you know, getting out of that hole before it got too deep. So that's number one for me. Number two, the Giants. So many players they were missing. Phenomenal performance by GWS. And Toby Green in particular. And look, football supporters may bag on him, myself included, for his various acts on a football field. But no one can deny that he is one of the most talented football players in the competition. It's not the most talented player in the competition. Playing, leading a team that was so young. I think, I think they were the youngest team in round five, although the second youngest, to come out and kick five goals and basically was the difference in the end. At the MCG, against a hostile crowd away from home, a fantastic performance. Toby Green, I take my imaginary hat off to you. I'm not wearing a hat at the moment. Um, MVD, I'll uh, ask you about the negatives, the two lowlights of the round for you. Geelong, I think, is probably the first one. Um, after the, how, I mean, they didn't convince anyone with their win over Hawthorne Easter Monday, but I just think they're a better side than getting beaten by Melbourne by 25 points. Um, even with players out that they did have out. But yeah, I don't think they would have been too happy. And then, can I go personal on this one? Definitely. Hawthorne. Hawthorne. I was just, 
I was watching bits and pieces of this game. I wasn't watching the whole thing, but I I flicked over, flicked back to it. Third quarter was fantastic by us. I mm. thought Hawthorne's third quarter was fantastic. We got within six points at one point, I think, or seven points. And we're sitting there going, yep, yeah, awesome. And in the fourth quarter, I don't know what happened, but we just couldn't get a clearance to save ourselves. Just mm. literally could not find a clearance. Seriously, I was absolutely shocked. So uh, I'm, yeah, they're probably my two low lights, to be perfectly honest. I mean, Hawthorne had plenty of the ball, but they just could not, they, their turnovers and yeah, some of the other, like just clearance work, I was just frustrated by it. Yeah, that's fair enough. You know what? I wasn't I wasn't going to mention Hawthorne in my low lights, but now they mention it. I remember checking the score at quarter time, and I thought the Dockers were going to win by 50 or 60 points, the way mm. they're going. Everyone knows that when you play interstate, and especially at a ground like Optus Stadium, where the Dockers and the Eagles have such a strong record at home, and the WA crowd is so fanatical by Australian sporting standards. You know, nothing like European soccer fans, but still they're intense. You got to get them quiet. You got to take their energy out and you do that starting well. First quarter, Hawthorne, two behinds, I believe, just double checking. Uh, yeah, you're right. Two, two or three, one or the other, doesn't matter. Three men, <laughs> five goals, six. They could have had, realistically, nine or ten goals on the board by the time the first quarter ended. Game over. Doesn't matter how well the Hawks play after that. Even even North Melbourne wouldn't give up a lead like that. So that's my number one low weight. Number two, we will get to this team um, later. But you know, I was going to mention Collingwood, but I mentioned Brisbane instead. Um, time's running out for the Lions to turn this around and I'm not giving up on them just yet because yeah, my mind goes back to Sydney in 2014 who started off the year two and three so after year actually this after year one and three one in round five and then lost I think one more game for the entire rest of the home and away season one or two more matches on um, on the way to play in the grand final so teams can turn it around, and really good teams can turn it around very quickly. Uh, but I don't know what it is about Brisbane, looking at them at the moment. I think one player in particular who has to find form is Charlie Cameron. It's weird looking at the... Is the Harley out of, is the Harley out of um, petrol, is it? Yeah, yeah, I reckon it is. Harley is definitely out of petrol, a little bit, little bit banged up. It needs a little bit of a... Little bit of a fix up, a little bit of a little bit of an um, oil increase. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyways, um, it's almost like he played better last year without having Joe Danaher, Joe Danaher there. And with Joe Danaher, with how much of the ball he's attracting, it's almost like Charlie Cameron is almost kind of I don't want to say lost, but it's almost like he's he's like saying to himself, right, what do I do now? It's almost like he's kind of struggling to find himself in the new Brisbane forward line. And if Brisbane are to turn it around and turn it around quickly, he's going to be one of the players who needs to help that turn around. Uh, they were lucky to be that close to the dogs, to be honest with you. Dogs kicked 
So only 19 points could have been well over five goals. But yeah, those are my two lowlights for round four. Moving on to part three of the episode, major talking points to come out of round four. Now, first one is after Saturday night, dear listener and MVD, there's been a lot of talk about Buckley and Collingwood. Will Buckley be there? Will he not be there? Because he's been under pressure before at Collingwood and he managed to survive and he managed to take him to the grand final in 2017. Uh, I thought, I remember thinking at the time, no way he's going to be the coach in 2018. A year later, he took Collingwood to within a kick of a flag. Pretty incredible. Here's the major difference though. Eddie Maguire is gone. Mm. Eddie Maguire, one of his biggest supporters at that club, is gone. Considering that, and considering that the whole, the whole, uh, let's say the whole feel, the whole, um, uh, the language. The place has changed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The cultures, the cultures shifted. The, the, the language used by the club and by Buckley to describe that Toulouse situation last year. I mean, I'm not a Collingwood fan and I'm not a Collingwood player. Far from it on both accounts. But even I got a look at that and, I, and it, it made me feel kind of gross and disgusted by how the club was talking about Adam Toulouse. Like he was a player who wanted to play for you guys. And you shoved him out and you're paying him 500. I don't know how much, making the money out. Paying him X amount to play for the dogs for five years. Yeah. You also look at the fact that their best players, outside of Darcy Moore, who is phenomenal, you look at their best players and they're all 30 plus. You're still relying on side bottom. You're still relying on Pendlebury. You're still relying on all these players who are 30 plus years old. And don't get me wrong, Sidebottom is great. Pendlebury is great. Pendlebury is one of my favorite players in the competition. But there's only so many seasons a bloke can play. Yep. And so my question to you, MVD, is: Will um, is is Nathan Buckley in danger of losing the Collingwood head coaching job um, by the time the next season starts? Interesting to hear comments out of him last week, uh, last week or the last couple of days in regards to it, saying that he has at times could turn around and said, I will take, I will step down if I need to. So I think he will jump rather than be pushed when the time comes. If, if they don't get going sooner rather than later, there is going to be um, calls for his head because it's, it's not looking good. It's not being promising at all. Um, and to be perfectly honest, they're one in three sitting 14th on the ladder. Now, um, that's, and their only wins over Carlton Lake. It's, it's going to be interesting. I'm not, I'm not writing him off just yet, purely and simply just because it's only four, it's only a month into the season, but you would have expected Collingwood to, who played the Western Bulldogs uh, in round one, they played Carlton in round two. They played Brisbane in round three at home, mind you, and GWS. I would have thought they would have been two and two. I mean, two and two would have been a good run for them. Um, I don't think, yeah, I. it will be interesting to see whether or not he is there next year. 
Um, but I think it's too early to call, to be perfectly honest. I'm going to put that on that. Let's just wait. Let's just wait and see, I think. Yep, I agree with that. Um, their next few games is going to be critical for Nathan Buckley. They play the Eagles in Perth. I was messaging Liam. Liam, for those who don't know, is another co-host, um, another regular co-host on this podcast. Asked to call me the supporter. And I messaged him after the game against the Giants. And I said to him, now watch this. Typical Collingwood, you guys will go over to Perth and you'll beat the Eagles. And you'll be hailed <laughs> the best win in Collingwood's history. Such a Collingwood thing to do. And then you'll come out and you'll lose to the Bombers on Anzac Day. Just a typical Collingwood thing to do. Um, after Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. No, it wouldn't surprise me either. After the Anzac Day game, they play the Suns at the MCG. They then play North Melbourne at Marvel Stadium. And round nine, with a date yet to be confirmed and time yet to be confirmed, they then play the Swans at the SCG. On form, you would say that the Eagles and the Swans probably not going to win those two games, Collingwood. Nope. But that middle three stretch, Essendon, Gold Coast, North Melbourne, They'd want to get two wins out of that. At least, if not three of them. If yep. they win, uh, if they win only, actually, you know what? I reckon if they win only two out of those three games and they lose to the Eagles and the Swans, Buckley could be gone by the time that the midseason buy happens. Yeah, possibly. It's entirely possible. Mm. Um, he's under a massive amount of pressure. Yeah. Um, uh Sorry. I was go. just going to say the game against Gold Coast, they should win that one too because it's at the G. But I mean, funny things have happened. Funny things have happened before. I was just realized, um, Colorado supporters, consider, consider this, right? I, now, this is off the top of my head, so I might be wrong. But I think the Giants have only won like six games at the MCG so far. Yeah. And a couple of them being against Collingwood, haven't they? Three of them against Melbourne. Yeah, right. Three of them have been against Collingwood. Consider that. Consider oh, that. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Next talking point, massive pressure under Mac, uh, under Buckley. Another team under a lot of pressure, Brisbane. Can Brisbane turn their form around? And if so, what do they need to do to turn it around before it's too late? Envy deal that you go with this one. Uh, I think they need to play games at home, which thankfully they play a game at home this weekend. It's been, they've been four weeks on the road. And to be perfectly honest, I think as much as what's happened, they, I think they just need to be, um, they got messed around a bit, I think with, uh, with that COVID lockdown that happened up in Brisbane uh, and which meant their game against Collingwood on Easter Thursday got brought to Melbourne. I think, I think they're, they're not doing a lot wrong. I think they're just fine-tuning a couple of things, having which generally happens when they bring play, some players in. They're not doing too bad at this point in time. What are they? Where are they? Just going back through. They're also one and three with that one-point win over Collingwood. And let's be honest, they should be two and two because that they should have got the winner get down at Geelong. Um, but yeah, you would have thought that they would have been probably three and one uh, at this point four rounds in, but I don't think there's, I don't, I don't need, yeah. Like you said earlier, Charlie Cameron needs to get the Harley working. 
um, in and out of the garage. I think they're not uh, they're not in a as bad a spot as Collingwood. Is that wrong, wrong to say? Because they're two places lower than them on the ladder. But yeah. I don't think they're in a, they're not they're 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 better than a one and three side. They should be at least a three and one. But I, I still think I still stand by they should be two and two as well. So. You know, you, I I agree that they should be two and two after that result against Geelong. Although you could also argue that with with how well Collingwood were playing for that first half against Brisbane, and oh yeah, they had so many chances late in that game, Collingwood to ice to ice the match. They should have they should have beaten Brisbane. Yeah, they should have too. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're not, but I'm just yeah, uh, we're talking. We're talking Brisbane now, and I still think they should be two and two. But anyway, no, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, look at this, and I know that Brisbane had injuries in the ruck, but they lost the ruck count against Collingwood by fifty nine. Oh my goodness, that is an absolute yeah. quarter. So this is <sighs> Brisbane. I don't, I don't know if it's just if it's if it's a mental attitude problem. I don't know if there's a, a, a an attitude of um, of uh, accepting these results. They, these losses that's beginning to settle in at Brisbane, but I don't know what Fagan's got to do. He's got to he's got to fire them up somehow. He's got to get the um he's got to get the fire burning in their bellies again because the last two years at their best, Brisbane have been the best team in the competition. Mm-hmm. Like don't forget they beat Richmond in the qualifying final last year, and it was a great game of football. They were they 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 threw a golden opportunity away in the grand final, and I'm willing to bet that even if they play the Tigers again in the grand final, had they not come out so flat against Geelong, had they actually beaten the Cats, they would have beaten the Tigers in the grand final. But that's for a different alternative universe. In this one, they didn't. Um, I still have faith in Brisbane that they will turn around. Sorry. It's going to. It's. I was just going to say it's going to be a massive weekend for Brisbane this weekend in, in so many different ways. They've got the women playing their grand final, um, which we'll see on Saturday. They've got this game that's being played at the Gabba against Essendon on Saturday night. Their state cricket side's currently playing New South Wales, and on top of New South Wales at this point in time as well. So let's be honest, something's going to snap in a second, and Brisbane will turn turn their form around. I don't have any problems in that whatsoever. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. And on top of that, Broncos play tonight as well. At, um, yeah, but the, the, no, 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 don't talk about the Broncos. The Broncos are no good. Everyone in Queensland knows that. <laughs> hear that Go for fans. the fourth Queensland side. Hear, hear that, Broncos fans? Until the, until the new Queensland team comes in in Brisbane in 2023, you may have to be Titan supporters because guess what? The Titans are actually good. Anyways, this is an AFL podcast. Hey, you want to go, go? Go for the fourth. Go for the fourth. Fourth uh, Queensland side out of the out of Queensland. Melbourne Storm all the way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, pin your hopes on the Reds this year. Um, Broncos are one and four as well. So there you go. Well, there you go. How about that? Uh, maybe it'll be a fantastic weekend for for uh, Brisbane sports, or it could be an awful weekend. I don't know. Brisbane, for me, I think it's an attitude problem. The way they played against the Dogs, they seemed almost uninterested in yeah. for most of the game. Um, I don't know what it is. It's 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 just it's you know I've heard it described as between the ears. You know, it's all about up here and the attitude that you can bring. So, 
For those that are listening on our podcast as well, up here, when he said up here, he was pointing to his head. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Realize that you can't see me yet, so I'm pointing to my head. Um, yeah. So Brisbane, I think they will turn it around, but they need to do it quickly because um, time's running out for them to prove themselves as a premature contender this season. On to the uh, third question here for you, NVD. And I'll start off with this one, if that's all right. Do the Western Australian teams have a problem with travelling? Last year, with the Eagles in Queensland, they were awful in Queensland for most. I think that only two, only three wins in Queensland were against uh, Adelaide, Sydney, and Essendon. Hardly challenging opponents. And they got crushed in Queensland in most of their other matches in the Sunshine State. Now, you can argue being away from family, being away from friends for so long, you know, it's difficult. Yeah, okay, I get that, right? And traveling across the country, right? When spending so much time a continent away from your family, I can understand that. But now it's become a problem where they are struggling to play anywhere outside of WA. Now, you could argue that the game against the dogs, yeah, they're unlucky to lose that because they were pretty good against the dogs and the dogs were just that better. But the game against the Saints was really bad. Really, really bad. They had the Saints wrapped around their little finger. They had them in the palm of their hand. They were ready to stamp the seal of disapproval on the Saints season and get. they were ready to send the Saints marching into football hell. And somehow... It's like it was like one of those superhero movies where the villain and sorry, Eagles supporters for describing your team as the villain, but it was like the the villain had the superhero dead to rights, right? And the superhero is ninety nine percent going to die, and this villain turns its back, turns its back, turns around, and the superhero is all of a sudden free of the trap or whatever, and is very much not dead. It was exactly like that. And now Eagle supporters, just like all of those villains, countless of villains throughout countless movies and TV shows, are standing around scratching their heads going, what the heck happened? How did this even happen? Do you know what the Eagles are? The Eagles are the Dr. Doofenshmirtz of the competition at the moment. The Dr. Uh, what? Phineas and Ferb. TV oh, right. Yes. Uh, for those who don't know, there was a character on it who would always fight a secret agent called Perry the Platypus, and he would always create traps for Perry the Platypus. And Perry would always, whenever he turned his, whenever uh, Doof turned his back, would always escape the traps. So the Eagles this week are the Dr. Doofenshmirtz of the competition. And I don't know what they have to do to get over their, their, their travel footy jet lag, but something has to be done. Fremantle as well. The Dockers this year in Perth have been very good, right? Against the Hawks, it was a great game of football, but they nearly kicked 100 points, right? Which for a team that has traditionally struggled to score, it's pretty impressive. They should have scored over 100 points against the Giants, and they should have won by a lot more than what they did. And they still won by around five goals. Very impressive performance. Away from Perth, get crushed by Melbourne. And yeah, Melbourne's a really good team. I get that. But then they get crushed by almost eight goals against the Carlton team that were under massive amounts of pressure to win that game. And yeah, I know they had five out in that one, but 
I don't know what it is about the WA teams. They cannot seem to travel at the moment. I don't know if that's just me jumping to conclusions early in the season. It probably is. But with the Eagles especially, I'm basing that off of last year as well. So, NVD, with all that, do you think the Western Australian teams have a problem with travelling? They have, and they have for some time. Uh, it's just been that, that way around the, around the place. You always knew that if the Western Australian teams were at home, you picked them when they're at home, you picked them the opposition when they're away. It was just one of those things. It's always the case. Um, will they? Will it change? Probably not. But at the same time, I think it's something we need to just be aware of and, and keep pushing through, to be honest. So, um, yeah, look, at some point they will get better away from home. But at this point in time, I don't get what is happening uh, in regards to it all because um, they're two pretty very good sides and I don't think they're that far off. I mean, West Coast have been good for that long. Um, it's good to see, but you've got, yeah, I just I don't understand what it is, but I think what comes down to a lot of what we say we said earlier was that it's between the years. So I think Fremantle are a big chance to beat Adelaide in Adelaide this week. They do travel to South Australia pretty well um, because it's not as big a flight, but at the same time, they do have a trouble uh, trouble as far as I'm aware, as far as I'm concerned. I think that's definitely the case. Look, the the Eagles. And the Dockers both play 12 games at Optus Stadium, 11 home games apiece. And then they have the away, in quotation, in air marks, away derby. derby clash. Yep. Now, with Fremantle especially, they, they, their whole ground advantage is very good. And it's very good this year. But I'm, I'm yet to be convinced about how... Um, how strong an advantage is going to be against the really good teams in the competition. So wait until they play one of the top eight contenders, a fellow top eight contender at home. Having said that, the Eagles have proven themselves to be very difficult to beat at home. In their premiership year in 2018, out of their 12 home games, I think they lost only twice at Optus Stadium, which pleasantly enough for me to remember this, once was to Sydney and once was to Essendon. Happy days. Anyways, um, the Eagles can't afford, right, because they're not quite at their 2018 level in terms of playing away, right? You can kind of offset those two losses in 2018 because they were so good at playing away from WA. They, I think they played three or four games at the MCG that year from memory, and they won them all. Mm. So... When you are so good away, but so poor at home, uh, excuse me, when you're so good at home, but so poor away, it leaves you really vulnerable because upsets do happen in this league. And surprisingly, they happen a lot. And so you only need to lose one or two games at home and have a poor record away. And then all of a sudden you're looking at a top four spot and you're going, geez, I don't know if we can make the top four anymore and doubt starts to set in. And then you know, all of a sudden you're dealing with the, with the mind games about whether or not you're good enough to make top four and possibly even top six. So for me, and they played Collingwood here at in Perth this week and Collingwood, one of the teams that has actually been able to consistently challenge the Eagles in Perth um, so far since that stadium 
since that brand new spanking stadium was opened. Um, they need to turn it around, the Eagles. They do have a challenging, they do, they do have a mental problem when it comes to, I think, I think it is a mental uh, block, but playing away. And with the pledges of using my neighbor's Wi-Fi, moving on to what I was saying just before I cut out. Uh, okay, so um, I think what I was saying was they play Collingwood at home. They play, um, they play the Tigers. They play the Bulldogs as well. St. Kilda could be challenging. They play Melbourne at home as well. You look at those four teams and how strong those four teams are. I don't think the Eagles off of current form are going to go through those four games without a loss. And if they do lose one or two, or God forbid, for Eagles supporters, all of them, all of a sudden, that's a massive burden that they put on themselves because they have mm. to then rely on their interstate travel if they want to win at home final or um, secure the double chance. Eagles and Dockers have a travel problem. Don't know why it is, don't know what it is caused by, but they've got to sort it out. Moving on to the fourth and final question in this section. MVD, I want to ask you about if I just pull uh, very, very quickly, tell me, what do you reckon? Jeremy Cameron and Patrick Dangerfield, can it solve Geelong's problem? <sighs> Short answer, possibly. Long answer, probably not. I don't like how Pele, how clubs are waiting for big name players to come back. Um, mm. I don't like that. Uh, interesting to note, though, in the last couple of hours when we're going to air, um, Stephen Wells has uh, stepped down from list manager um, at Geelong, so uh, which is going to be interesting. Uh, working is uh, working in, in some sort of capacity uh, in the club, but um, yeah, as list manager per se, stepping down from that. So that's going to be uh, very interesting for Geelong. Um, but I, 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 I hate to put the acid on two players. I mean, yes, Paddy Dangerfield's huge, and yes, Jeremy Cameron's big as well. Jeremy Cameron hasn't played a game, so really, you can't call him uh, key to their success. Paddy Dangerfield probably more so than. Jeremy Cameron, but let's wait and see. I'm. I don't think so. I think Geelong. They're sitting two and two. Um, they should be three and one at a minimum. I. Yeah, there's there's clubs that are in worse spots than what Geelong are. Yeah, I I kind of agree with that. Geelong, they're in a an interesting situation at the moment. I think Melbourne, the Melbourne loss definitely revealed a lot of problems that they have at the moment. And it's not with personnel. I think it's with game plan. A lot of teams are playing this super exciting attacking brand football. Geelong's just not doing that. It's a way to win in 2021 so far. So can they turn it around? Yeah, I th maybe. Um, they should win this weekend. Keyword should. Um, but geez, Louise, if they if they come in with the with the attitude that they did with in round one, thought that they were going to win against the Crows, they could be in for a massive shock. Speaking of round five. Quickly through these predictions, uh, basically who wins and by how much. Um, and then we'll mention at the end which game we're most looking forward to and which game, excuse me, do we think is going to be the biggest blowout. 
Starts tonight, Thursday Night Football, Marvel Stadium, St. Kilda versus Richmond, Maddie's match. I'll start off with this one, MVD. Because St. Kilda has more to prove and because Richmond have traditionally of late started seasons very uh, poorly by their standards, at least compared to how they finished them. Saints beat Richmond in the corresponding match last year for Maddie's match early in the year. I think that the Saints, and they're on a roll after last weekend, St. Kilda, fantastic. If Saints are going to win, I think it'll be about 10 points. Funnily enough, I'm going St. Kilda too. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I think um, there's something different uh, something different about the way they're going about things. So I'm going St. Kilda. So. Yep, agree with that one. Eagles v Collingwood at Optus Stadium in Perth on Friday night football. NVD, I'll let you start with this one. Well, after what we've just been talking about between the two sides, between West Coast and Collingwood, Collingwood with issues and West Coast with, uh, well, travelling issues, I think you'd think West Coast will win this one because they're playing at Optus Stadium. Um, and they're playing a Collingwood side that are getting absolutely slaughtered through the media. So I'm going to back West Coast. Would it be surprised if Collingwood won this game? Absolutely not. Typical Collingwood thing to do. Lose in horrible fashion one week, then go to Perth and beat the Eagles by less than a goal. I don't think it's going to happen this week, though. Eagles have too much on the line. Eagles by four goals. On to Saturday. Marvel Stadium, the Dogs versus the Suns. I'll start with this one. Uh, this one's going to be close. The last three games between these two teams have been decided by a combined margin of 19 points. Now, not quite the Sydney v West Coast rivalry, 2005 to 2007, but still pretty good. Now, the last two games in Victoria between these two teams split. Dogs won in Ballarat, and the Suns won in 2019 at Marvel Stadium. Can they do it again? Yes, they can. I think Gold Coast is going to win by a point. Will be after the siren. It'll be King taking a mark 50 meters out directly in front. Siren sound scores leveled and he'll channel Tony Lockett and kick the most important behind of his career to give the dogs their first loss of the season. Dogs, their momentum is incredible, but all momentum must come to a screeching halt eventually. It'll be this week. Uh, I love the way you talk that one up. I think it's fantastic, but I, I think the dogs will win. New time, 4.35 this one to give the AFLW a chance to uh, to have their match. So I'm tipping the dogs at Marvel Stadium because they love playing at that ground. They do indeed love playing at their home ground at Marvel Stadium. Definitely suits them. On to SCG, Sydney Derby, Battle of the Bridge, whatever you want to call it, Sydney versus GWS. Swans by 23 points. Giants were very impressive, but one thing that we've seen from young teams is that when they have an impressive win, the next week, they more often than not have a come down. Now, one team that has definitely gone against that is the Sydney Swans. I was very impressed with Sydney. I'm not just saying that as a Sydney supporter. For the first time since the opening 10 minutes of the game against Brisbane in round one, the Swans were challenged. They were challenged by the Bombers. And like good teams do, the Swans stood up to that. But I think they were rattled a little bit by the Doms. They want to kind of prove the fact that the first three games are going to be more their modus operandi this year and not their game against Essendon. Thus, the Swans are going to win by 23 points. Should be a good game of football, though. Is Buddy going to play? Yes. All right. Well, I think uh, Buddy just gives them an extra leg to stand on at this point in time. So I am going to say that uh, the Swans will win this one um, pretty comfortably. GWS has still got a lot of players out. 
Yep, I agreed with that. And don't quote me on Buddy Plane, but I believe... I believe... Well, I just did, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's right. Um, if I don't uh... get that tip right because of you, you're in trouble. Yeah, okay. Sure thing. You can, you can <laughs> let, me know, let me know all about it. Um, don't worry, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Carlson versus Port Adelaide. Oh, this is a big game. This is a big game. NCG Saturday Night Football. You love to see it. Now, Carlton, for the second week in a row, they won a game that they were supposed to. Not used to Carlton actually performing the way that they're supposed to. Full kudos to the Blues. They're showing a lot of maturity. Uh, I'm yet to see how well their 2021 game plan will stack up against a premiership contender. Port Adelaide are a premiership contender. And because of that, I'm tipping Port Adelaide to win. Will it be another thriller? Will it be another Robbie Gray game? I don't know. I don't think it'll be quite that close. It will be another close one. Uh, the race for the top two at the end of the season is going to be fierce. And if Port want to be there at the finish line, they have to win games like this. They will Port Adelaide by nine points. Now I'm going Carlton. Uh, the MCG should, should be a good crowd there. I think uh, Carlton should, well, not so much should, but will win and uh whether it's after the siren or not, I think it's going to be an absolute ripper. But I think Carlton by six to ten points. Wow. What? Oh, geez. I, I could totally see that happening. And if they win that, massive boost for their not just top eight chances, but possibly even top six. Um, On to the Gabba. Now, I know that most football supporters, most neutral supporters, will be most interested in the Carlton Port Adelaide game. This is a game that obviously I'm most interested in, not just because of the Essendon factor, but because of the Joey Danaher factor. It's Joey versus the Bombers at the Gabba. I'll say this, Essendon are a chance. Essendon are a chance. Imagine saying that after the Port Adelaide lost two weeks ago when we lost by nine goals. On form, over the last two weeks, we've been the better team over the last couple of weeks. Uh, that being said, though, I do expect that this will be the week where Brisbane turned their season around. Charlie Cameron, too good to be this average for this long. Brisbane will win. It'll be high scoring. It'll be close. Lions by 17 points to help jumpstart their season. Yeah, I think uh, back up at the Gabba, they're sitting there going, yep, you know what, let's get back up here and show the fans what they, what we had last year. And I think they, this will be the game that they'll be sitting there going, yep, they'll start to turn things around. They haven't had to travel this week. They'll be happy. Um, and I'm going Brisbane as well. On to Sunday football at the Adelaide Oval. Adelaide versus Fremantle. Now, you touched upon this one, MVD. You said that you thought that Fremantle in with a chance. Are you tipping them? No, I'm not. I'm tipping Adelaide. Just <laughs> I, I, Look, they did what they had to do last week, Fremantle against us, and, and they managed to find a way. They played like they play in the last, four, the last quarter um, against Adelaide the whole game. Then they'll smack it in to be perfectly honest, Fremantle. I just think Adelaide have got a renewed sense of belief about them um, and they will. Uh, where are they currently at the moment? They're currently fifth on the moment with a three and one record. They'll go to four and one and uh, possibly around the same sort of mark. The Crows were really struggling at three-quarter time last week and I thought, it's just going to be their come down and then all of a sudden they kicked eight goals in the last quarter. Mm. What is it What is it with Marvel Stadium and eight goals being kicked in a quarter? Don't know why. It's a quick round under the cover. Round. That's very true. That's very true. Thank God they permanently shut that roof. Um, Fremantle haven't played well interstate because of that and because the Crows are high flying. I think the text party will continue. Crows by 29 points and Walker to kick five plus yet again. 
Hawthorne. Yeah, how, how much has he been? How much has he been different to what they did last year? He, I think, he has been the main difference. I think last year he kicked less than twenty goals for the year, and he was the leading goal kicker. Now he's kicked, I think, just over twenty goals in the opening four games. Like it's yep. super impressive. Um, On to Hawthorne versus Melbourne at the MCG. Hear that, Melbourne supporters? If you be really quiet, you hear the sound of five and zero. Now, don't make any loud noises because you might scare it away. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'm hearing um, that there's snow falling on the Alps. So Are you tipping Hawthorne? In this I am tipping. Well, let's be honest. I tipped eight last week. The only tip I didn't get was Hawthorne over Port Adelaide. Uh, of Hawthorne over Fremantle. So I am sticking with my team, even though they let me down last week. But I, I'm just saying there's snow falling up at the Alps. So Melbourne supporters, please, by all means, go to the snow. Go and enjoy the snow with your wine and cheese. <laughs> don't, don't, I'm saying to you, do not book those snow season sessions yet, okay? Just hold on, hold your horses. Melbourne will go 5-0 and for the first time in a millennia. Congratulations, Steve. Should be close, though. It'll be close. Hawthorne, I think, is going to provide Melbourne with their sternest test Yet, Deeds by 12 points. On to Geelong versus North Melbourne at GMHBA Stadium. Very quickly, Geelong should win this comfortably and tipping them by six goals. Pressure signing them out on Geelong after that round four loss. Their wins in round two and round three have all been forgotten except for disgruntled, except for by disgruntled Brisbane supporters. Their game plan needs to change. And what better team to test out a new game plan, a new attacking game plan, than North Melbourne? Look, North were very good in that. Why? Because they're trading hats or what? No, because <laughs> look, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be not too mean against North Melbourne, but look, they're, they're they're super young, and there's nothing wrong with that. They're a super young team. Geelong, I think, are the oh, I don't think they know they're the oldest team in the competition. North Melbourne, I think, are the youngest. Because of that, Geelong are just going to have too much experience, and Geelong should win this comfortably. If they win this by anything less than twelve points, or if they lose this, they expect the pressure to increase. Oh, majorly, that will definitely be the way to, the way it will go uh, in regards to it. But I am, I am definitely backing in uh, Geelong because if they don't, as you said, if they don't win this, they shouldn't be playing. Um, to be perfectly honest. But I, I'm also keen to chase, listen to the uh, the Triple M broadcast as well on this one. Not that we promote radios, but the the, the back end of the Triple M broadcast on this, uh, mate of mine's commentating. So all the best to uh, Peter Cardamoni making his second appearance on Triple M. So there you go. Maybe you can get your mate to to shout out the Through the Banner podcast. So I'll see what I can do. <laughs> um, best luck for your mate there. Just quickly, uh, which game are you most looking forward to watching this round? Uh, yep, tonight's one will be pretty good between St Kilda and Richmond. I'm looking forward to seeing that. But I also would say the Brisbane-Essendon one, like you said before, mm. I think that's going to be a really good one. And the Carlton-Port Adelaide, there's three. Can I do yeah. that? Yeah, no, you can definitely do that. Um, I'm going to say the same as two. Uh, I'm going to say I two of those games I'm most looking forward to. Essendon v Brisbane, obviously because of the whole Joe Danaher situation, and it'd be interesting to see if Brisbane can turn it around and if Essendon can continue that 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 effort in the last two uh, rounds. It's been very impressive. As for um, the other game, I think Carlton Port Adelaide is going to be an awesome game of football. I'm so excited for that one. Um, as for the blowout of the round, I mentioned this one it should be fairly simple: Geelong North Melbourne. 
Yeah, that's true. That one will probably go that way. Or don't be surprised if West Coast Collingwood ends up being a blowout. Oh, hear that, Collingwood supporters? Maybe Collingwood will become the new Melbourne. Hey, Collingwood supporters, I've heard that the snow started to fall up. If <laughs> I want to go and check that out. Um, NVD, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Do The Matter podcast. Good luck for the Hawks on Monday. Sydney uh, Sunday should be an awesome game of football. Good luck for Essen and Sydney as well, Casper. I'll let you get out of the uh, out of the stairwell there, mate. I know there's a lot of few people coming past, so and crashing and banging on the doors. So uh, have a good one, <laughs> and uh, no doubt I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, thanks, mate. Have a good one, and dear listener, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Through the Banner podcast. And with all the technical problems that we've had, hopefully by next week they'll be solved. Until then, sayonara. Yeah.